Hello! Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And Frank is going to talk about thermal energy storage. And I talk about flywheel storage. If you're not at all sure what they are, we're going to explain them in this episode. So stay tuned for this Enviro Energy Storage episode. Technologies I looked up this week was uh, thermoelectric energy storage. Have you heard about this? Um, only recently. Just recently, yes. Well, for those who aren't familiar, and up until again a few days ago, I wasn't familiar myself. Thermoelectric energy storage—it's a technology that involves storing energy in temperature uh, temperature differentials. Okay. What does that mean? I'll explain it in a moment, but just hang with me for, for uh, till then. So. Yeah, we're looking at temperature differentials, and this is done using materials that exhibit the thermoelectric effect, uh, which is the conversion of a temperature difference into electricity. That seems really straightforward. Again, there's more details in that uh, that I'll go into. When one of the side of this thermoelectric material is heated and the other side, a true difference is created. And this in and of itself, in this specific material, generates an electric current. Isn't that interesting? It is. So, just to go into a little mm-hmm. bit more details, yeah. uh, thermoelectric, uh, as, I, as I mentioned it, uh, thermoelectric energy storage works by exploiting the thermoelectric effect, which is the conversion of a temperature difference into electricity. Now, this effect has been around for a while. This is what surprised me. It's like, huh, it's been around for so long. Why haven't been using it? It actually goes way back to the 19th century uh, by this guy uh, named Thomas Seebeck. Okay. And uh, the effect itself is called the Seebeck effect. So he, he was the one who uh, who discovered that uh, certain materials uh, conduct electricity when one side of it is hotter than the other. Anyway, a right. thermoelectric material is made up of two different, well, here we go, two different types of conductive materials, uh, usually P-type and N-type semiconductors. Don't ask. I don't know. When a temperature difference is applied across the material, the electrons in the material move from the hot side to the cold side, and this creates a current. Okay. Yeah. The amount of current generated depends on the size of the temperature difference. So to store this energy uh, using the thermoelectric energy storage, uh, the system needs to have a hot side and a cold side, well, as, I've, as I've been mentioning here, uh, with a thermoelectric material in between. Of course, energy is stored by heating up the hot side of thermoelectric material, which creates a temperature difference across the material generate. Oh, man, I'm just repeating myself. This is a horrible, this is a horrible, this is a horrible explanation. Anyway, it works. Um, I've got some, I've got some advantages of thermoelectric energy. You know what? I read all of that, and I'm still not clear exactly how it works. You have two different materials. When one's hot, the other's cold. Energy, or, uh, electrons travel between the two, which I get. Right. I'm having a hard time. I've looked over this a number of times, and I still can't get my head around how it actually stores the energy. I mean, it's it seems to me that the temperature gradient itself is storing the electricity. You know is it I mean? stored as heat or and, and well, converted to power? Oh, there's the smell. Oops. Yeah, well, that's that, that's it. I think it's similar. In the, it's it's really hard for me to get my head around with this. Uh, in the end, the more research I looked in, or the more uh, the more time I spent looking into this, I, I found that uh, not a whole lot's been going on recently with it. So it, it it's still fairly new, and right. uh, but some of the potential advantages of thermoelectric energy storage. Uh, well, I've got a few listed here: mm-hmm. efficiency, 
so it has the potential to be highly efficient in converting heat into electricity. Okay. Durability, you know, once the thing is built, they're typically solid state devices. They don't have any moving parts, and so they're less uh, susceptible to, to mechanical failure than other types of energy storage systems. So there's another one. Flexibility, uh, thermoelectric energy is used in a wide range of applications from industrial waste heat recovery to portable power generation. So this flexibility makes it an attractive option for many uh, different industries uh, mm -hmm. and use cases. Now, there are a few others. The scalability, it can uh, be scaled up or down, and it is uh, environmentally friendly. So it doesn't produce any uh, harmful pollutants or greenhouse gases. Greenhouse gases. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so this makes it a clean, sustainable form of energy. <laughs> <laughs> Other disadvantages? Yeah, there are a few. So, because this whole thing relies on a temperature gradient, right? The systems are have low efficiency at low temperature. So, if you, if you don't have a big difference in uh, temperature between one plate and the other, then it's not going to be able to uh, produce as much electricity or okay. store as much electricity, I guess. There's also an initially uh, high cost to these storage systems. Oh. Okay. Uh, not only expensive to manufacture, but they're also expensive to install because of the current uses are, again, taking advantage of industrial waste. So they have to be added to and built around existing uh, uh, industry uh, structure. Right. Yeah, that can be tricky. Yeah. Depending where they are. Yeah. And, you know, as I said, the scalability is is an advantage. It's also, it, it, it's not 100% the case. So, thermoelectric energy storage can be scaled up or down to some extent, but it may not be suitable for very large scale applications to, to limitations in the size and performance of current thermoelectric devices. Mm -hmm. So, I guess what, I, what I'm getting from that is that yeah, it's not going to be a uh, a way to store energy for a city or something. It's it's basically a way to take advantage of some uh, excess heat in, in an industrial process. So, oh, yeah, and, uh, no, that, that fine, sounds I, good. Yeah, yeah so, so again, in, in, within industrial processes, it seems to have a place, but uh, not as uh, providing energy storage for the grid. Uh, limited mm. materials availability is another issue. So some of the materials used in thermoelectric energy storage systems, such as uh, rare or toxic elements like tellurium, are relatively scarce and they're expensive. Okay. So that can affect uh, scalability and commercial viability sure. as well. But basically, while thermoelectric energy storage has some disadvantages, uh, ongoing research and development efforts are working to improve the technology and address these limitations. And as a result, it may become a more viable option for certain applications in the future. Okay. So are there uh, any companies that are working on this technology? Yeah, there's a few. Again, it, there's not a lot of information on the internet, oddly enough, but I... Uh, regarding the process itself or, or mm -hmm. a really detailed explanation, at least nothing that I could find, but there is some information on uh, some companies. So for example, there's Alphabet Energy, which is out of uh, California. Uh, a lot of these, a lot of these uh, are using the same uh, technology, so I'm not going to repeat them for all of them. So, you, but you've got places like Alphabet Energy out of California, uh, Phonatronic, I think they're out of the state somewhere, but I'm not sure where, Evident Thermoelectrics, 
GenTherm, Calc Limited, HiZ or HiZ. Uh, so these are, these are names of some companies that are involved. Mm -hmm. um, but looking at recent advances, and that's why this again the information is sketchy. Recent advances and recent advantages in thermoelectric energy storage include the development of a new material with higher thermoelectric efficiencies and better thermal stability. For example, researchers have been exploring the use of metal organic frameworks. That oh, sounds okay. interesting. Yeah, as thermoelectric is it, materials. Is it a new me metal type for this or something? Do you know? Uh, again, the details are so oh, vague okay. that I'm, mm. I'm basing you have, or giving you what I've got here. Right. So I couldn't find any uh, additional information on what they're, what was actually being spoken about when the uh, metal organic frameworks uh, were mentioned in the mm -hmm. material that I came across. Um, anyway, there, I guess there's some, some for the future, but it seems to be, for me, a little bit of a mysterious cloud over it. So overall, thermoelectric energy storage it is an emerging technology with potential for various applications as I've mm -hmm. quickly gone through here. While it may not be the most competitive option for large-scale energy storage, it could still be a suitable solution for niche applications where durability, reliability, and flexibility are important factors. And ongoing research and development efforts will likely continue to improve the efficiency and cost-effectiveness of this technology uh, as we move forward. So a big mystery to me. Yeah, but they're working on it. Sounds good, yep. kind right. of environmentally. Anyway, <laughs> have you heard of flywheel energy storage? I have. I uh, it's been around for a while. And I it thought has. it was pretty interesting and potentially extremely dangerous. I always thought. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I I haven't really looked into it in the longest time. But I'd love to hear some more on it. Oh, okay. I don't know if you heard about that uh, tram that used to have a big flywheel in it in the states. Can't remember which state. Well, see now that sounds familiar because it was mm. public. I remember it being a public uh, transit vehicle. Of exactly. Some sort of yeah. Sounds, right. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So they had one, and it it had limited capacity compared to stuff these days, but still, it was out there years ago. That's right. And for those who are listening who have no idea what we're talking about. What are we talking about? <laughs> so flywheel energy storage is a type of kinetic energy storage system that uses a rotating mass to store energy. The system consists of a rotor, which is connected to a motor generator enclosed in a vacuum sealed chamber. The rotor is made of high strength materials and spins on bearings to minimize friction. And, and I believe the batteries help in minimizing friction too. So when the system is charging, electric energy is used to spin the rotor at high speeds, which causes it to store more energy. When the system needs to be discharged to discharge energy, the rotor's momentum is transferred to the motor generator which converts it to kinetic energy to store. Oh, it, can, it converts the kinetic energy to electrical energy. Yes. Right on. Yeah. So uh, it is, well, we'll go through advantages and disadvantages sure. in a minute. Um, so what, it, what I first thought of when I heard of flywheel storage was like a giant watch battery not battery, but the winding kind, you know, where you oh. wind them up and you have the spring that you tighten. Right. Yeah. That's 
what popped into my head for a flywheel. It's not quite like that. <laughs> like a giant metal spring, basically, that, you know, you're winding up with power. That's my right. mind went to that. Oh, right, right, I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be quite dangerous if it escaped at high speed or something. <laughs> it sure would. <laughs> so uh, I'm imagining it in the middle of the tram, breaking free of its bonds. And, you know, you can picture the rest. There'd be a bit of blood and stuff going on. <laughs> that's what I, I mean, even even with what it is, I mean, the, the spring idea is something, you know, you could imagine like something horrible happening if that spring broke free of its casing. That's what or I'm even, saying. Or this, or this disc spinning around at like 40,000 RPMs. And yeah. The thing weighs well, a ton. Of I believe so. it's a, a more of a cylinder shape. Right. Yeah. So like a hollow cylinder. Wow, that's interesting. But, and then this um, motor bits connecting onto it. So like a rod. I think it has a rod at an end, and then there's batteries involved around it, I believe. So let's see if we can find out some more about that. Flywheel energy storage is a type of mechanical energy storage that uses a spinning flywheel which is the bit where I imagine it being a giant spring <laughs> to store kinetic energy. The flywheel is typically made of a rotor bearings and a motor generator, which is used to accelerate the rotor to a high speed, usually in the range of thousands of revolutions thousands. per minute. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Imagine being propelled along a road. <laughs> the sky. Yep. Oh my goodness. I'll sign up. <laughs> the kinetic energy of the spinning rotor is stored in the form of rotational energy, which can be converted back into electric energy when needed. This conversion is achieved by using the motor generator to slow down the motor to produce electricity. The amount of energy stored in a flywheel is proportional to, here we go, math, the square <laughs> of the rotational speed and its moment of inertia, which is a measure of its resistance to changes in its rotational motion, which Clear is why we wear sleep belts. <laughs> inertia. <laughs> so what it is is, um, when something is going forward, it takes energy to stop it, right? And then there's still continuing momentum. Like when you slam the brakes on in a car, the things inside the car keep moving forward. Of course. Yeah. Interesting. So, so that's kind of what it's doing there. So are you any the wiser on thermal energy storage and flywheel storage? Maybe. Stay tuned for more storage systems. We're going to go into batteries. It's not just lithium-ion anymore. There are so many more kinds. Find out about these in upcoming episodes. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, y'all.